bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Did you want to put some headphones on? There you go. And the little black knob there is the best thing. And you can get volume and all that. Hey, this is live radio, right? <laughs> and I'm I'm excited because we have Nancy Harrow, executive director of one of my favorite places, Civic Music Milwaukee. Don't tell her it's my favorite because then she'll, she'll make me do all kind of stuff like hey. talking and... As long as he don't let me play an instrument, I'll be okay. Because <laughs> I haven't played a tenor saxophone in, okay. It's been oh, over. It's like riding a bike. You it's been over half that. a century. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the executive director, Nancy Harrell, from an organization that I've heard about because, you know, Danielle Hegwood is always out and about and looking and looking under rocks and finding all sorts of interesting people. And it was something that I really didn't know about. But then when I heard it, I went, that kind of makes perfect sense. My love of it is knowing that music is one of the few things that teaches math without kids really knowing it. So I'm, first of all, excited you're here. What exactly is the Civic Music Milwaukee? Sure. So we've been around for over 100 years, actually. So we're one of um, Milwaukee's oldest arts organizations. And um, it's changed a lot since we started back then, Um, but our focus has been children for a very long time. So we have two uh, um, programs that are specifically youth music programs, Um, the private lesson program that we hope we'll talk about today and the high school um, competition. And then we also give out awards. So we give teacher awards, we give citizen awards, and then we give out high school awards. You give out radio personality awards. Oh, um, well, there's always room for another one. <laughs> and so, and so, you you really what what your organization does? You know, we a lot of people talk about it, but you actually give life lessons through lessons, really, yes. through music. Yes, very good. That um, and that is what we call our private lesson program because we feel that music is a really good um, springboard for um, 
life skills that that make good citizens. So you know, time management and perseverance and and um, critical thinking, and and not to mention empathy. You know, when you're playing with other people, right. And you you're needing to collaborate, and um, you're you're just doing all those kinds of things that that um, make good citizens, make good employees. You know, people uh, employers are looking for those kind of skills in in their new employees. And so you play your part, so everybody else can play their part. So together. The music sounds the way it should. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. So then, I can join the program, right? Um, no, I'm your. Um, <laughs> I can't join the program. Well, well, you could be a donor, but um, we do serve mo- mostly um, uh, uh, chil- children who are in uh, grades four through twelve. Really? Grade. Yeah. Okay, so you can join as as high as high school. Yes. And still yeah. so so basically how does it work you take lessons mm-hmm. and yeah, how so, many how, how many students are in your program yeah um we have up to 60 spots for the uh, the uh, private lesson program so oh, students come, yeah yeah wow. and so it's a, a three-year program when i first came to um civic music seven or so years ago it was just for one year and i right. i thought how um they give we gave them lessons and then we said um good luck Mm-hmm. Hope you find the funding for it and 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 that you move on. Wow. And um, well, I I thought that it we should have a, a three year program, and um, because that gives the kids you know by the end of that first year you're just sort of getting in the groove, right. and um, this way they can take continue to take lessons and also the families can figure out how to put the cost of music lessons into their budget. And, um, you know that get, that usually takes a little bit more than a year. And so, so kids kids advance and so. Um, I'm, I'm new. So I come in and I sign up for lessons and I get it. Mm -hmm. Do I get it by, do I have to pay for it? Is there a scholarship or what, what happens? Yeah, sure. So there's a scholarship and, um, we ask for, uh, just a small copay from, from the family. So it's $3 a a lesson and then we pay the rest. So, um, I'm signing up. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. um, so uh, there's an application process. Um, the applications are on our website. And then um, we ask the, the family and the students to talk about, you know, why they love music, why they should have a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ask for a teacher recommendation, um, which sometimes the kids think that that's going to be hard to do. But I, I trust me, stu- um, teachers love students that go that extra mile and want to do something um, beyond what's what they're getting in school. So, do the teachers work for you, or they're um, independent? They're, in, they're, they're and... all our teachers are independent, okay. and yeah, and so they're they're um, professional musicians, they're music educators in the in the the community. Um, mm-hmm. We have some symphony members that are teachers, and Ooh. we have we have um, uh, a pretty well known jazz trumpeter um, from Milwaukee who's who's one of our teachers, and then um, a lot of them are 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 by day school teachers, and then and then um, do private lessons on the on the side so fourth grade through 12th grade yeah so it's fourth through through 11th if you're an instrumentalist and okay. so instrumental is really any band or orchestra right. instrument um we have guitar piano somebody's taking harp this year violin um yeah violin clarinet okay. saxophone all of those and um and then we have vocal usually when you're when you're singing and you're uh, starting to get serious about singing, you you don't do that until you're a little older. So that right. that program is eighth grade through twelfth grade. 
um, you wow. know, voices change and and um, no, no, <laughs> no, voices change. So you mean you, you mean I sounded like you when right. I was like fourteen, and then when I was fifteen, I sounded like me. Yes, okay. you went down an octave. Yeah, yeah. So, um, wow. so uh, then then students get twenty five lessons through the year. Um, we have uh, a cup. Uh, we have something that we call musician meetup, mm-hmm. um, and so we get all the students together. You know, they're taking lessons. Right. individually city, right? yeah and, and individually with their teacher and all over the city we try and 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 hook up teachers that live close to the students because mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes um it, transportation is is a right. problem right. you know uh, maybe mom and dad both work and nobody can take and you know so so we make sure that they're a little bit closer so it's not so bad um and so we have this musician meetup where we get everybody together and then we um have a dinner and get let the parents talk to each other, and then the, we take the students away for a fun activity um, that has to do with music, um, and um, just to, just to get them together so they see each other. And then at the end of the year, um, there's a recital, so all of the kids get to play in in a recital and and show off what all the the accomplishments that they made that year. So, what does all that teach kids, though? I mean, all these lessons. You're, you're talking per family. It's about $75 a year, mm-hmm. and they're able to have their child take lessons on pretty much whatever they want. Right. But then what does that teach me as a kid in terms of taking lessons? Yeah, I, I think that it teaches you, first of all, it's, um, you know, it, there's joy in making music. So yes, it's just yes. uh, just understanding that, that there, it, there is joy. It's just universal for right. everyone. Yeah. Right. And then then I, I think um, it builds friendships so you're going to meet people along the way that you um that you will be friends with and will have something in common um i i, I think it it also opens up your imagination to to see mm-hmm. where you might fit it in the world um like we said before you know it creates empathy and critical thinking and it it turns all sorts of switches on in your head um and a lot of our kids we we um ask for the second year um, applicants to talk about what the first year did for them. And a lot of them will tell us that their grades were better because they were more organized mm-hmm. and they understood right. time management. Right. And then that, that made their grades get better because they were able to be um, more, more um, engaged in, in the, um, the, the academics that they were doing. We're talking to Nancy Harrell. She's executive director of civic music, Milwaukee. So, with all the lessons that it learns, what what other things does civic music Milwaukee give? Yeah, like what other programs or oh sure. Of that nature? So the um, the other youth music program that we have is the high school competition, and so that's for more advanced kids that have been mm-hmm. been been playing for a while. Um, it's for grades ten through twelve, and they come in and they audition for a panel of judges, and if um, they win this um, competition, then they have the opportunity to play in a recital. Mm. Um, and we give them a stipend to do that. And then we also have scholarships that we, um, give as well. Are, um, are there any famous kids that we might know about that came through civic music um, that are working their way up? Well, one of my favorites is Malik Johnson, who, um, he, he also goes by the name, uh, 99, 99 producer, I think, or producer 99. He does a lot of things. He plays cello mm-hmm. and classical cello, but he also does a lot of things with, um, uh, loop recording loops. Yeah, yeah. And, um, he's, he's, he went to DePaul and now he's back in Milwaukee. Um, okay. Ju- uh, Julian Ree is a violinist that's probably 22 years old and, um, won some 
big competition lap two years ago. Um, and part of that is, uh, part of the winnings of that was to uh, have a, a, a couple years of um, uh, an agent that gets him all sorts of, yeah. um, of jobs. And so he's, he's, he's uh, performing solos with orchestras all over the, the country. So we have a couple opera singers that have yeah. moved on. So, yeah. So, yeah. so you're really not doing a lot. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're doing phenomenal. Yeah. If I want to give, who do I talk to? And if I want to have my child apply for lessons, okay. how do we do that? Well, um, you could check out our website, which is civicmusicmilwaukee.org. Um, all, all the words are spelled out. It's very long. Um, or send an, in, um, and, uh, an email to info at civicmusicmilwaukee.org. We do have, we have the application on the, the website mm-hmm. and it's a, a PDF that you can, you can download and, um, or, uh, send an email that, that, um, just talks about what, how you'd like to get involved. We'd love to, to, uh, respond to that. And so as, as, as an application, how do I figure out what's going to happen after that. So I submit my application and then, Mm -hmm. then, then we will uh, send you information that tell you Mm -hmm. about, um, so, you know, you're offering your email on that, on that application. So we'll email to you that you, uh, about our April 22nd uh, audition and give you um, the idea of, we like to tell people what to expect because this is new for a lot of them. So, you know, suggest what, that what they might want to wear. Make sure that you bring your instrument home on Friday night so that you have it on Saturday. Um, uh, those kind of things. And the, the the audition is just for them to play. It's not any kind of a competition. It's mm-hmm. it's just like play for us if it's out of your lesson book, um, and you can play th- two or three notes at at this point in your study. That's that's fine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um, we just want to make sure that they've already started. They've uh, they've the the bug has bitten them and that now they want to move forward. So they have to kind of show not necessarily competency, but just control over their instrument. Right. Right. Yeah. This, Fingering the, up some notes mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. This program is not for beginners. We want them to begin in the schools because the schools have good, good yes, opportunities to, yes, to um, begin. Wow. That is incredible. Info at civic musicmilwaukee.org and your number is 414-375-4875 that's correct so i can donate i can sign up my kids right and move forward and this this is a this is a marvelous thing that you're doing thank you i appreciate it yeah and so anybody that can help anyone that can donate check out the website civic music milwaukee nancy harrow executive director so in about a year, you should be able to come back and we should hear of all these kids that have taken over all the orchestras and yes. Milwaukee right. Symphony, and, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's wonderful. Thank you so Good. much for being here. Thank you. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. You get a chance. Check out civicmusicmilwaukee.org. Our guest today, Nancy Harrow, executive director. You want to donate or better yet, sign up your children. I don't know if I'm going to ever find lessons for $3. <laughs> But if you can, this would be the place to do it. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Smart.
had 300 shots up in the car before we picked up dirt. 300. Who ain't got? Go and go grab a glizzy, get alert. Shots the G post RP and breezy in the dirt. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon, so. And then they put it on repeat and they just play. It's very simple. Wow. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017. Hey, want to remind you, tune in to the award-winning 1017 The Truth tomorrow night, 6 to 8, for our Black History Always special broadcast for the three T's. Tori, Telly, and Tony. That's Tori Lowe, Telly Hughes, and Tony Smith. Three gentlemen will discuss the undeniable impact black culture has had on sports and pop culture. They will also be joined by actor Guy Tori, uh, psychologist Dr. Ramel Kwaku-Smith. My dude, what's going on, Kwaku? And former NFL and Wisconsin linebacker Chris Orr for interviews. Again, that's Black History Always. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, right after my show, the Tori Lowe. The Telly Hughes and the Tory Smith on the new 1017 The Truth tomorrow night at 6. That's what's up. I like that. I like that. So tomorrow is the last day, and we have our folks coming in, Mike Spaulding and Nolita Franz and Linnell Ramey. And I think we might try to drag like like Kyle Wallace in at 5 o'clock to uh, – Talk about Black History Month and the things that have happened and where Milwaukee is moving forward. So my um, panel is coming in. Truth panel coming in tomorrow. That's at 4 o'clock. And because it's the last day, I'll be doing some more African-American trivia. We have, let me see, all that's gone. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 more questions we can still ask. So we'll we'll give away a couple, at least two uh, prize packs from the new 1017 The Truth. And let me see. These will cover. Uh, the Constitution. Um 13th and 15th Amendment, presidents, um, organizations in Alabama, Uh, (laughs) um, assassinations, um, entertainment. So make sure you are here. 833-212-1017 is the number. Um, Can I admit something? Can you admit something? Is this something that we should hear on the air? Is this something you need a priest for? No, no, not this. Not this. Father, I forgive Please forgive me for my sin. No, last week I felt kind of bad because the lady, when she got the answer wrong, I kind of made a little joke about it. And then she was like, oh, since you want to joke about people, how about I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of bad because she kind of, you know, I, I didn't mean you to offend her. I didn't mean to offend her. Actually, I've been thinking about that since Friday, so I apologize. I doubt that. No, I, I, Ken, this is Monday. I think it, I think it, hours I later. Think it crossed your mind, but I don't think you were sitting there. What are you doing Saturday? I don't know. I was just thinking about the woman that I. I was thinking said, about that elderly nah, woman nah. who, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say elderly, my senior who was, uh, who, uh, who, Feel bad when I made fun of her. Well, you should always feel bad when you make fun of people. Well, I did, so I just That's wanted terrible. to apologize. That's terrible. On air. Oh. He must have got a phone call. I can't believe you. Or better yet, his mother says, I can't believe you said something. No, I have harmony in me, Ken. That's all it is. 
That's true. That's true. You're too much right. harmony. You're, yeah. To 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 a yeah. Yeah. Interesting. When we come back from the break, I have a story that I want to tell you about a lawsuit that was filed um, last week about a man suing a place because it's because of something that companies do today that I always said, if we don't watch it, it's going to have the opposite effect. Anything that makes things simpler, which is something I want to get across to millennials and Gen Z, anything that makes it simpler makes it simpler to cheat. And if you don't watch it, if you think you're on the outside looking in, in this case, they weren't even invited. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Real music. Come inside, take off your coat, I'll make you feel at home. Now let's pour a glass of wine, cause now we're ready. Learn from it, Kyle. I've been waiting for mine, so just let me hold you close to me. 833-212-1017 is the number. Girl, you make me feel so good. We can do yep. Kyle is in here trying to dance, y'all. I wish I had video. I wish I had video. You lucky ain't got video. My girl lucky we ain't got video. I, I don't know what that means. That I'm means they that. saw me dance and all the ladies be like, mm, I want them. No, they won't. They'll throw up. They'll be like, what is that? What is that? 833-212-1017 is the number. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do. Everybody, I'm sure they told their family and everybody, and just yeah. So anyway, want to? I just want to say congratulations. I'm not gonna give out any information, but I want to say congratulations to the newest neophytes of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And then I'm gonna leave it at that. And then we're gonna talk about that more next week. Eight three three two one two one zero. Uh, one seven is the number. So story I was talking about and alluding to before the break, a man is suing Workday Incorporated, claiming it's artificial intelligence disqualifies applicants who are black, disabled and over 40 years of age at a disproportionate rate. The lawsuit was filed last Tuesday in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California claims that as a result of the discriminatory screening practice, Derek Mobley, 40, has not been hired for any jobs he's applied for. Mobley allegedly applied to 80 to 100 positions since 2018, all of which use 
Workday as a screening tool. Mobley, who has a bachelor's degree in finance from Morehouse College, an associate's degree in network systems administration from ITT Technical Institute, was denied employment every time he applied using Workday. The lawsuit also says that Workday allows the pre-selection of candidates outside of protected categories. The tool allegedly relies on algorithms and inputs created by humans who often have conscious and unconscious motivations to discriminate. According to Bloomberg Law, Mobley's lawsuit seeks to represent anyone in the protected class who has been discriminated against using Workday's AI screening process. From the suit, Mobley would then like to reform Workday screening products, policies, practices, and procedures so that the representative plaintiff and the class members will be able to compete fairly in the future for jobs and enjoy terms and conditions of employment traditionally afforded similarly situated employees outside of the protected categories. But Workday said that the lawsuit is without merit and the company is committed to trustworthy AI. I don't trust AI if man put it together. And if man put it together, if you're not willing to let a court see it and another professional using a non-disclosure agreement or confidentiality agreement and come in and look at it and see it, I say absolutely not. And I've been victim of that, too. You apply for jobs and you constantly don't get them. And it's, uh, well, I didn't apply that many, 80 to 100. That's, that's, that's a lot. The company also claimed that they act responsibly and transparently in the design and delivery of its AI solutions. There is a growing concern about AI bias, though. Due to the tech industry's lack of representation, AI isn't being taught how to understand marginalized groups. Because of this, bias is also baked into the outcomes the AI is asked to predict. So according to the ACLU data, that is often discriminatory and unrepresentative, underrepresent and unrepresentative. Let me go there. According to the ACLU data that is often discriminatory or unrepresentative of people of color, black, white, Hispanic, and Asian people, scratch people of color, women or other marginalized groups. Also, if you're a minority, you're automatically marginalized, I guess, and can rear its head and can rear its head through AI design, development, and implementation and use. There is a phenomenal Netflix documentary on AI and how the biases of AI can cause all sorts of things to identify people, not identify people, do facial recognition, not do facial recognition, all those things it does. And so we have to be very, 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 very careful when we become lazy and take the easy way out. And that's what scares me. We have a couple generations who want to take the easy way out. Take the, not the lazy way out, but the easy way out. And when it's too easy, it's probably going to come back and bite you. 833-212-1017. What are your thoughts on this? Do you trust AI or is it, you know, just kind of, it's from news1.com. News1.com. And it was posted last Thursday. And so when we go back and we look, it's the same thing Google does. You mention something on your phone and your Google ads start popping up about things that you said, searched for, 
There are a lot of things that Google does that we don't know that other search engines do that we don't know. And we probably should be leery of it. I mean, I like technology, but not to the point where it starts to infringe on your personal privacy. And I understand privacy is a construct of the U.S. Supreme Court that was created and then upheld when it when the Supreme when the Constitution really doesn't mention privacy, you know. But yet, there it is. So it's it's. I find it interesting that that we trust AI. We apply for jobs and never get a call back. We apply for things and never get because they look for it. And so I teach in one of my courses and I bring people in who can tell you how to use keywords, words that are listed in your resume about certain things so that when you apply for a job, it actually will key on those words and you may get an, get an interview or at least a look. But I just find it interesting that we still, even in technology, even when you think technology would be unbiased, we have to take into account the person that programmed and wrote the algorithm. So when we're able to use algorithms to dictate when people are going to, when recidivism rates will rise, Who wrote the algorithm? And so when I started asking about the, well, you don't understand. No, I understand. I'm just asking who wrote the algorithm? Why is that a problem? Because you know, the weaknesses of the algorithm are based in the person that designed it. And the person that designed it may think these things are more worthy of going to jail than those things. These things count more, right? Like when you went to jail, an ex-con white and an ex-con black, I believe, even though I'm not either, may have a different experience when they come out and try to get a job. A white person without college and a black person without college, I believe, are going to be treated in different ways based on that. There are going to be assumptions made, and that's that. And so when we come back, let's look at this AI thing. Let's, let's look at artificial intelligence. We got people driving our cars, ordering food for our refrigerators when it runs out. For me, that's just too much information about me. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Tell me what you want. Is it my love? Is it my love? Is it my money? 
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I want to take this time to say, uh, to send out condolences to the Milwaukee Common Council president. Um, His niece, a 26-year-old, was shot and killed in Milwaukee Sunday night near 27th and Clayton Crest Avenue, just north of Grange. It happened around 8.30. Milwaukee County Medical Examiner identified the victim as Aaliyah Perez. Family told Fox 6 she's the niece of Milwaukee Common Council President Jose Perez. Common Council President issued this statement. My family has experienced an immense tragedy within the past 24 hours. This has left us Saddened and without words, I ask the news media and the public to please allow me and my family members space and privacy at this time. Investigators are looking into what led to the gunfire and police say they know who they're looking for. But as of today, no arrests have been made. If you have any information, contact the Milwaukee Police Department at 414-935-7360, the Criminal Investigation Bureau. So. You can also contact anonymously Crime Stoppers at 414-224-TIPS. That's unfortunate, and we want to send our um, condolences and our prayers for the Perez family. That's unfortunate. And so things are occurring in Milwaukee that need to um, be addressed. We've got suburbs, city and so it, it, it used to, it, it, it used to be people blamed situations for things that occurred. It, it, it used to be where everything was Milwaukee, 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 black, 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 Hispanic, Hispanic. Now things are moving into suburbs and it's not us moving into those suburbs. So I'm trying to figure out what what are the commonalities of shootings, homicides. The only thing common in it is the fact that many of them are the same age. Many of them are close to the same age. Many of them have the same age range, the same generation. And they're dying by the same hand. 833-212-1017 is a number. In that, I mean that they're all dying from gunshot wounds. And I feel some kind of way about that because now we've gotten to the point where none of that matters. Now we're getting to the point that it seems random. It seems like we're getting upset at people and instead of just having a beef, we're taking their life. And that's strange to me. And I just don't understand. Like, what am I missing? Eight three three two one two, 
1017 is the number. What what exactly am I missing? Am I missing? I, I, I seem to be missing something as it relates to how we interact with each other. I mean, I know I don't like Kyle, but, you know, we're cordial, you know. I mean, you know, sometimes I tease him about being four eyes. I'm six eyes, right? I got two glasses and two bifocals. I'm six eyes and I got two eyes. But think about that. Do we do we do we understand just how final death is? Do we really understand just how final being upset with somebody and taking their life that you can never come back from that? Well, let me rephrase that. They, the person whom you kill, can never come back from that. I heard you say something, but it was all muffled. And You can still come back from it, even if you're in jail. There's still hope. There's still repentance, right? Dead, it's final. And you're not coming back from it. And so what does that mean? Interesting. Your thoughts, 833-212-1017 is the number. What I think is my final topic today, if you haven't heard, do you watch Dilbert? Uh, no, but I've heard. So Scott Adams is a cartoonist, author, and creator of the Dilbert cartoon. Now, Excuse I've, me, offensive. Uh, let me kind of, kind of, you got to put that word in there. I don't. Poses for a portrait in his home office. In 2014, they got a picture of it on newsone.com. And so the creator of a well-known comic script is being is making it clear that he has extreme animosity toward black people by espousing racist views months after he described himself as a victim of so-called cancel culture. Scott Adams, whose Dilbert comic strip was created in 1989 and has been syndicated for decades, recently used his YouTube channel to encourage his white listeners to embrace the concept of racial segregation to escape black people who he collectively referred to as a hate group. Citing a recent Rasmussen study showing 53% of black people agreed with the phrase it is okay to be white, which the Anti-Defamation League has deemed a hate slogan. Adam said on Wednesday that this was the first political poll that ever changed my activities while launching into a overtly racist rant. So if 53% of black people agree with the phrase, it's okay to be white, don't they also include it's okay to be black? And so here's the, here's, here's what I think he's arguing is that when white people say stuff, it seems racist. And when black people say it, it might be racist, but they're not called out. Well, he said, I've been identifying as black for a while because I like to be on the winning team. The right wing culture warrior sarcastically noted. And I like to help. I always thought if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You could find the biggest benefit. He added, but it turns out that nearly half of that team doesn't think I'm okay to be white which is why I identified as black so I could be on the winning team for a while. 
He later added, I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the blank away where wherever you have to go, just get away because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Adams also said helping black people is a thankless undertaking. He said, I don't think it makes any sense as a white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore, especially when we didn't ask you for it. Uh, Adams huffed. It doesn't make sense. There's no longer a rational impulse. So I'm going to back off on being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. The only outcome I, the only outcome is I get called a racist. That's the only outcome. It makes no sense to help black Americans. If you're white, it's over. Don't even think it's worth trying. Hmm. Interesting. I don't even have anything to say about it. Because in the end, he has a right to say whatever he wants to say. Ironically, Dilbert was pulled from 77 newspapers last year over so-called anti-woke plot lines. And then finally, his last comments got him yanked completely. And he cried and said, basically, um, his income's going to go down to zero. To which my reply was like, you didn't invest and save for yourself? Knucklehead. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tory Lowe's show is up next. I'll be back in about 22 hours. Thank you, Kyle Wallace and Ben Jammin for hanging in, holding down the fort. Um, I think we have a producer position open at the new 1017 The Truth. And I think I'm going to call Scott Adams. I think he might be looking for a job in between drawing Dilbert. He can work here. He don't want to be with us. Thank you, black people. <laughs> but we're thankless. We will never help him. And then we'd be just kind of kissing up and making sure he likes us. So Unfortunate. But I'm not mad either. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. God bless. Take care. I'm out. <laughs>